look at where your passions are, look at what your mission is, what your calling is, and where your career intersects. And this is where you're going to find your sense of purpose. Then you're going to be able to find your direction and you're going to be able to learn and succeed so much quicker and so much more effective by doing something that you love. On today's podcast, we are talking to Holly Boothroyd. She is the founder of Her Hello World, where she's charting her career and her successes so that other young people can learn from it and understand what a career in STEM might actually look like. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly technology podcast with interviews and news from across the industry. On today's show, we have regular co-host Haley and... An OG. I feel like we should call you OG in kind of like terminology of uh, <laughs> that's that's right, isn't it? That's what everyone refers to do as kind of original guest people. Well, I, I mean, for fans of Geordie Shaw out there, there is a Geordie Shaw OG I've show at the that. moment where you follow. Yeah, I bet you have, you bloody Geordie, you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll go, I'll go with OG. That's cool. Yeah, that's Jack's tull, dulcet tones returning to the <laughs> yes. podcast. If anyone's unsure, how are you? <laughs> Yes, all good, my friend. Um, loving life at the moment. Don't have to leave the house. What a dream. Yeah, for you, that's that's probably quite a good state of affairs. <laughs> yeah, if we had sport and, you know, like live stuff to watch still, it would be a dream. But, you know, without cricket and football, I am scratching around trying to figure something to fill my time. But, yeah. Baking? Um, nah. Rosie's done a banana bread, but baking's not really mm. my bag. I, yeah, see, yeah. Haley keeps sending me pictures every morning of pancakes. I mean, is it you or is it your your boyfriend who's making them, Jordan? So I make everything else, but he is the pancake maker. <laughs> are they proper like American style pancakes? Are they crepes? Are they protein pancakes? What what are we talking about? So these ones are protein pancakes. So they're healthy and they're delicious as well. Actually, can pancakes be healthy? Oh, no, Surely what? pancakes are just one of those things that you accept probably aren't healthy. But they taste good. Well, to be honest with you, I'm, just, I'm not going to reel off the recipe <laughs> <laughs> and how you make it, but it's just protein powder, oats, one egg, water, and Mrs. And a banana. That's it. Blitz it up. How's that unhealthy? Yeah, that's just pure health. Okay, fair play. Exactly. Fair play. Fair play. At what point does it become socially acceptable to ask your other half to cut your hair? Me? Two months. Two months. Yeah? yeah. We're, we're kind of getting towards two months. I mean, Hayley, you, how long do you normally go between haircuts? Because my wife, Hayley, goes about three months. So it's all right for women. But yeah, I can go eight. For me, it's like four weeks. And it's I begin to look like, I don't know, like I should be some kind of Russian composer. I could go I could go six months without getting my hair cut and it not bother me. But the fact that I can't get my hair cut now is really, really starting to piss me off. No, I yeah, no, it's it's wigging me out. I just keep looking at it and going, it's great. Ah, wigging you out, is it? <laughs> yeah, I knew thought about that. I am gonna tell Haley. So I, I I'm gonna tell her to watch some YouTube tutor- tutorials. Uh, her brother has put her to shame. My brother in law cut his partner's hair and it looks really good. It's like what the hell? So like Wait, her, cut cut a guy's hair or a girl's guy, hair? Because I have a theory that girl's hair is easy. Right, okay. I think girl's hair is easy to cut. You just put it in a ponytail and chop it, right? Simple, Haley. Uh I don't think it's quite that easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds like a that sounds tragic. And you can't use kitchen scissors either. Well, why not? Yeah. I mean, 
blunt. I don't know. Like they just surely you can't cut someone's hair with kids. Well, look, the it? thing is, it might be that it is my wife's <laughs> hello world moment. It might be yes. that that cutting hair is an intersection of passion and what her skill set is, which is a nice link. <laughs> tenuous link into today's podcast which is uh, an interview with holly boothroyd who is the founder of her hello world uh and is a software engineer at microsoft so on today's show i am talking to holly boothroyd holly you are an employee at microsoft but you're also the founder of her hello world um how are you this morning first of all I'm doing great. It's been uh, interesting working from home, but uh, everything's starting to get set up now with standing desks and wide monitors. And it's nice to kind of get back into the flow of working properly. Made more interesting by the fact that you've just moved. So not only are you contending with working from home for a long period, but you are doing so in a new environment. Yes, new environment. So it means that my internet's not properly set up, but it also means that it's a good kind of change of pace. If I'm going to be stuck somewhere inside for a long amount of time, it's nice to get a bit of change of scenery and kind of refresh things before uh, hunkering down again. But it, it's it's all right. It's been keeping me entertained with with moving and unpacking and setting up kind of my next chapter of my life. Now, anyone tuning in and listening might hear your accent and imagine that you're American. <laughs> you're not so to well, actually, no, I'll let you describe what you are because both of your parents are British, but you grew up in the States and now you're living in London, correct? Yeah. So both of my parents are English, like you said, um, they moved over to California probably 25 years ago, um, a little bit more maybe now um, because of work. And then I was born in California, raised up in Seattle. So like the home of Microsoft. Um, and then when it came down to looking for universities, it was, it was a good time for me to come back to England and get in touch with my English roots, kind of see what, um, living in Europe was like, kind of get out of the American bubble, but also, um, universities here have a really awesome um, placement scheme. And so I wanted to take advantage of having a year's worth of experience in industry before I graduated. Um, so those were kind of my motivators for moving over. So now I've been in England for about five years now. And you started your career at Microsoft over here? correct or was it in the yeah, no, so I started over here actually it, it makes me laugh I've moved basically 5,000 miles away from my home so I could go work at a company that was based 20 minutes down the road from where I originally <laughs> and did, did, your parents worked for Microsoft yeah so my right? dad also works at Microsoft so I've always said I was like it's in my blood to work in this company it's I'm a, I'm a big fan of it um, obviously slightly biased but I think um, especially throughout all this uh, coronavirus stuff, you can see that Microsoft has a really strong um, moral stance. Like you can really believe in the mission of Microsoft. And so it's always been somewhere where I wanted to work because I thought I could have a positive impact there and a big wide reach. Um, so I've been very thankful to kind of get my start working um, as an engineer right in the place that I wanted to. Um, it was at my placement year when I was an intern, um, where I first started, got uh, working at Microsoft. So I was an intern on Paint 3D, so a 3D like accessible cre uh, creation tool um, that was made in London. So I worked on that for a year. And then I went back to Seattle to work on um, Xbox's off-console experiences for three months. Um, and then I 
after I graduated, I came back um, to work with my London team and we work on Cortana and Windows now. So I've kind of jumped around a little bit, gone back home, been in London, um, but it's all been at Microsoft and it's all been on products that I think are quite innovative and sort of in new areas that are um, kind of answering some questions that haven't really been answered before. But one area where you are definitely making an impact is with her Hello World, um, which is something of a, I don't want to say necessarily side hustle, isn't it? Everyone uses the phrase <laughs> yeah. side hustle. But how, how would you how would you describe her Hello World? Yeah, so for me, it's it started as a place where I um, published my tech journey to kind of help redefine public perceptions of um, careers in technology, um, to help demonstrate the opportunities that are in tech and various STEM fields, um, and really to kind of help mentor new technologists. Um, as a woman in STEM, I have a kind of a priority towards helping other women in STEM, given that there's like some increased challenges there. Um, but anyone who reaches out to me who needs advice and help, I always respond back with and help as much as I can. Um, it's It's been around for slightly over a year now, and the feedback has been amazing. So there's like over 16,000 people now who um, tune into my journey and who I can kind of help out and um, show what technology is really like, because I think there's a lot of stereotypes about it that I just don't think are really true. And if more people kind of saw what tech was really like and the kind of variety of roles and the dynamic nature of it, they would be more interested and kind of um, start getting themselves into these fields. So a lot of the people... Sorry, so yeah. just, just to jump in, when you talk about the stereotypes versus the reality, do you mean within the industry or do you mean people who are in education looking towards it going is this a career for me and and what are those stereotypes that tend to be out there and possibly misinforming people yeah so the stereotypes i'm really thinking about are the ones about the types of people that work in stem fields and the types of jobs and um, what kind of like your workplace would be like in a stem field um, I think traditionally the messaging that's been passed on, particularly to women, is that it's not a place um, where they're going to thrive. And I just don't, I don't think that's true. So at least m all of my experiences working in tech has been like I've always at university, uh, in my workplace, people have always been really friendly, helpful, um, pretty social, actually. So like that's a big thing that people don't think is that like computer scientists aren't very social and I, I do I think they are and I think there's some um, like I've had some really funny conversations with the people that I work with um, but also that I think I don't know I think there's stereotypes around the types of work that you can do so you don't need to just be an engineer you can do be it like a designer you can be a design dev so that's a role at Microsoft where you do a bit of design and a bit of engineering and kind of combines these two passion areas for people. You can be a PM, you can be a marketer, and there's so many roles in tech that are not just technical roles. Um, and I'm finding as I speak to more people, especially women, um, they get through the beginning of stages of their career, they'll go to university, they'll get a job, they'll do all these things and find that they aren't being fulfilled or this is not what their passion is. Um, and when they end up getting the chance to do technology, a lot of them are like, wow, I wish I 
had been exposed to this earlier. I wish I had looked into this, but they never felt that it was something that would interest them. And they never really had the opportunity to learn that. Um, and so I'm finding as more people are getting their hands on technology and realizing what this industry is all about, more people are really trying to get into it. And so I'm, I want to be there as part of Her Hello World and supporting those people and showing them the truth about the industry and it's all of its positives and negatives. Now, one thing I find really interesting is, is you do talk a lot about finding your purpose or your passion and you, you phrase it as your Hello World moment. But we often think about people who are successful having these fully formed ideas suddenly pop into existence. But I do, I do like the fact that you don't describe it just like that. Whilst it might be a singular moment for some people, for others, it might be a journey and that's okay. And for you, it was more of a journey, right? Yeah. So for me, um, so I describe my Hello World moment as um, kind of, like you said, like a moment or a collection of experiences that kind of help me realize that this is where I belong. This is what I meant to do. Um and it's something that could potentially be like evolve as your motivations and your passions kind of change over time. Um, so for me, it was an iterative process that kind of helped uh, me discover what mattered to me. And it was across those three products that I mentioned. So Paint 3D, Xbox and Cortana and Windows. Um, it was kind of seeing all of these different things that kind of helped me realize that I wanted to help people across um like at scale. So I wanted to help people at scale. I wanted to um, be able to work on these innovative products that kind of kept my mind engaged and kept pushing towards solving challenges that hadn't really been solved before. I wanted to be on the forefront. Um, and those are the things that are kind of inspiring to me. And so it didn't really matter that um, it wasn't like a particular technology. It was a, a space that was interesting for me. And it's kind of helped me figure out what kinds of things should I be learning? How should I be positioning my career? Who should I be connecting with? Um, and kind of building building up this idea of who I am. Um, and so I always say that it's, it's definitely a process. Um, and I, there might be something that just kind of clicks for you one day that's like, yes, this is what I want to do. Um, but for other people, it might be, again, like me, like a collection of experiences. Um, I also I don't really think there's a point kind of copying someone else because everyone's hello world moment is really going to be different. I think you kind of need to explore what you like and what you don't and um, take that time for introspection about um, understanding more about yourself. Um, it all kinds mm. of feeds into this this kind of learning now, you, you talk there about there being 16,000 people within that community. And you talk very much about having to put yourself out there, expose yourself to situations you are not typically in. When you look at those 16,000 people, is that the kind of advice that they tend to look for? Or what what, what are they coming to you and asking specifically around that, that you can help them with? Yeah, so a lot of the people that I speak to are fairly early in their career. And so I think it's nice for them to see someone who... Um, is generally at the start something that they're facing like similar challenges. Like I, I speak about how um, the next places I need to go in my engineering career as well. Like I certainly don't have all the answers, but I think it's good to 
and be honest about those kinds of things and to share that this is, again, engineering is definitely a role where you're constantly having to learn and to reflect. Um, and so I try to be open about that and share where I've had my failures, but also um, help people try to understand where their passions can align best with technology, best with data science, best with physics, all of these different um, roles, but it's kind of finding that tie of what they love and where their skills are and what kind of careers are out there. Um, so I help people try to find their direction. I help them um, try to find the resources that they need to connect with the people that could be helpful for them, um, help them kind of take their first steps. And because I get quite a lot of like similar questions, I've ended up starting a like an FAQ um, story highlight and post where if people are looking for some information about how to get at Microsoft, how to succeed in your technical interview, how to network, then I have a place where my thoughts are fully fledged and they can go easily access information that's going to help them in their career. You also talk about when you're in industry, it's important to explore different community groups, internships, start initiatives. Obviously, your own community can now be one of those communities that people turn to. And if they go to Instagram, it's just her hello world, right? Yes, that's right. And it's it's been really nice on this page where there is such a community. And over the year that I've been doing this, the community has gotten a lot stronger. And you'll start noticing that the tech community on Instagram is actually getting pretty big. And there's some similar people and similar voices in there that you can kind of turn to for support. So I know I have found... Um, some really good friends and allies through my Instagram and have met people, um, people who don't have their own personal like tech page, but have their own personal page that I've met while I've just been in out, out in London. And that forms these really nice relationships. And um, I, I think it's really important to have a community group that's going to stand behind you and kind of give you that strength when you need it. Um, and so I find some in Instagram, some in person, some um, in these different organizations that are around. Like I know you've interviewed Sonia before. So like Minded Females, like that's a great example of another community that's out there that we can find connection in and find inspiration and find strength in. It's been a real pleasure to, to talk to you today. One last thing. If you could give one piece of advice to someone listening, uh, I suppose if you were talking to yourself maybe five years ago, what would that piece of advice be? I would say to look at where your passions are, look at what your mission is, what your calling is, and where your career intersects. And this is where you're going to find your sense of purpose. Um, the questions that I'd start asking yourself are, who am I? What do I love? What's important to me? And what are my unique skills and talents? And when you start thinking about those things, then you're going to be able to find your direction and you're going to be able to learn and succeed so much quicker and so much more effective by doing something that you love. Awesome. Look, Holly, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much. It's been great chatting. Hayley, listening to this, do you ever take time for introspection in your career? I think that's quite an interesting... We don't, do we? We just, we're just perpetual motion in life, generally speaking, and we don't take a moment to go... Oh, hang on a minute. Is what I'm doing the right thing? No, you're right. And actually listening to her, 
I mean, I'm staying at Harvey Nash. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not. <laughs> you're talking, you're talking to someone who's left. Hayley, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, but it did make me feel inspired about like what you really care about, what your interests really are. Are they relatable to what you're doing? How can you make them relate to what you're doing? So yeah, it's a lot to think about, but you never really think about that. You People like, people think like, oh, job's a job. But she's actually showing people that, you know, it doesn't actually have to be. It could be something you really love, which I love about that. But Yeah, it's beginning to change. I think isn't pur- it? Purpose drives everybody, don't they? Like mm. purpose drives introspection. It drives perspective. It drives all of these great things. And finding your purpose is arguably one of the hardest introspections you can do, right? Like you could go your whole life without finding your true purpose or your true calling or whatever. So um, we're not just, we're not all as lucky as Dave to fall on our feet accidentally and, you know, host their dream job forever. Talk as you two, my dream job. Uh, I, there you go. I do look, there is one thing though, that I would, I suppose I would challenge Holly slightly on in that she talks about it being a singular event or she talks there about it being an iterative process. I'd, I'd suggest that it's always an iterative process. Even if it feels like it might be a things click into place, things only click into place because of experiences that you've built up over time that inform that sudden aligning of stars, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, your purpose can be malleable and be moulded by your experience, mm-hmm. right? Your purpose can change day in, day out um, as you grow as an individual in your in your life and in your work. So, yeah, maybe it is iterative, maybe it's step by step or whatever. But, you know, whatever it is, I think introspection is an incredibly important thing for people to do, whether they're working or not, mm-hmm. to be honest. You know, that's how we, how we grow as humans. I find it really interesting that she talks about the uh, traditional image of technology not being a place that you thrive as a woman. Because, uh, mm-hmm. Hayley, were you, I can't remember, were you, were you hosting on the show when we had Audrey from the Philippines on? You were. Yeah. And she, she yes. had very similar comments made to her by parents and teachers about oh we don't know that you're going to thrive in technology and it was just interesting you know here you've got holly who was was born in seattle raised in seattle uh and you had audrey who was from the philippines saying almost exactly the same thing about young women in technology yeah absolutely there's definitely a common denominator here and people obviously are feeling this and you know and they're really telling people the opposite and showing people the way and that there are so many different avenues in technology you don't have to do what you what you're doing if you want to explore you need these people telling you that these opportunities are there Pretty well, look at us three as well. Us three all work within technology, yet none of us are developers, none of us are engineers. You know, Haley's a you're, you're a tech recruiter. Dave is, you know, a, a tech aficionado, I guess we'd call you know. now, right? And I'm a proposal manager for a software company. Like, there's an, an incredible amount of jobs and roles out there in tech, in SaaS, that aren't, you know, super techie roles. And we see, we see more and more introverts extroverts men women coming but it doesn't necessarily mean it's easier or has been easier you probably have the most legit tech role now and yet you studied english literature didn't you at uni or just was it just straight english it's very well no 
Nah, dude, even wankier than that. My degree was called creative writing. <laughs> so yeah, I did study literature, but yeah, even even wankier. So yeah, creative writing degree into into some kind of like tech sales right now, I guess. Well, but, yeah, creative writing yeah, and sales, um, that's pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah. It's all bullshit. <laughs> um so yeah, it's um everyone you know, I don't think anyone has their journey mapped out the minute they graduate. I'm sure I didn't. I'm still mapping mine out now. So that's why I think introspection is so mm. important. Um, whether or not you, you regulate yourself to introspect on a weekly basis, I'm not, I'm not sure, but it's, it, it's, it's a good recap on your day. If you do it once a day, I guess. I also love that yeah. she points out that for her, Instagram is such a positive platform and tool because we are often, you know, bashing a little bit of the, I don't know, the, the here, look at me, look at how wonderful life is on Instagram and fear of missing out and everything else and how it can have a negative effect on people. But here is someone who's documenting a journey, but the fact that she takes, uh, takes time to create FAQ stories and the way that she describes it as, is as how important it is to have friends and allies and a community group to stand behind you. Great little name check there for Sonia from like-minded females, but that's a really lovely way of looking at social media and, and Instagram and, and phrasing it in a kind in terms that we don't normally do so. Definitely. I th- think Instagram's quite a fake place than most of the time. Right. And you, I think that people look at people on there and they're like, oh, I wish I had that. But she's so honest and it's nice. I mean, I just had a quick look at her frequently asked questions. And like she says, she's showing people how to get into businesses and she's really there to answer what you want. So, yeah, uh, she's so inspiring. Like it really makes you think, sit there and think and take a look at what you're doing. Yeah, and we can get lost in the, you know, insta-life element of Instagram, you know, everyone portraying a fake side of themselves or whatever. But at the end of the day, it is a it is a place to share, first and foremost. You know, you can get into the weeds and, you know, how nasty it can be and, you know, misuse of data and stuff like that. But ultimately, it's a sharing mm-hmm. platform. And, you know, Holly, Holly has encapsulated that and is and is running with that to great effect you know she's at, she's nearly at seventeen thousand followers right and we're talking about someone here who's just documenting their journey asking people uh, answering people questions giving advice connecting people you know she's just like a, a super connector if you will and she's yeah, yeah and she's probably got that following because she's not trying i would imagine to grow a following yeah. in the mm. sense that we often associate with a platform like that mm. well look Definitely. Holly, thank you very much for being our guest. Uh, some hugely positive comments. And uh, look, uh, I would m- massively uh, suggest that people go and have a look at her Hello World on Instagram. It is a really good account to follow. Um, we will take a quick break. And when we come back, we will have some news from the next web. Once a month, Tech Talks opens The Tuck Shop, a YouTube tech news roundup, which is kindly carried by Disruptive Live. Disruptive Live is the UK's first and only 24-7 TV channel for the technology industry. Stay up to date with all the latest industry news by following our regular talk shows broadcast live across the Disruptive Live website and social media channels. You can also catch Disruptive Live at some of the largest global technology events, broadcasting from London, Manchester, Singapore, Dubai, and many more. On today's bit of technology news, uh, please won't someone let me buy a kettlebell? That's the title of the uh, thing. I know that that doesn't necessarily immediately strike tech, but it's in the next web. uh, And the article is all about the fact that this is a great time to basically kind of 
get ripped and get kettlebells and stuff, but it's incredibly hard to get hold of said kettlebells um, because right now uh, people are only just beginning to realize that there's a whole load of people that are needed to kind of get these things to their front doors. And those people are not being particularly well looked after. There's no minimum wage. There's no real consideration for delivery drivers. And it goes on to talk about nurses and cleaners and anyone in the first response kind of uh, logistics area. They're basically being exploited, downtrodden by corporations and executives to make a bit of extra cash when we're all getting told definitely buy these things. And there is, you know, there are, there is a group of people, I suppose, with a little bit of money in their pocket right now that they don't know what to do with uh, our silent producer rider was talking about the fact that some of his mates are spending 400 quid on Nike in a day because they're not going out and spending it on other, sh- on, on other stuff. God, that is so rider and his mates though, isn't it? No, but rider was promoting his mates. He, he wasn't on board. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, shout out rider. If you're listening, Miss you, dude. <laughs> but I mean, I, I mean the, the gig economy is, both thriving and suffering at the moment right like they are still working a lot of people you know royal males uh, dpds and stuff like that they're still out there doing the job but we spoke about this last time actually dave if you're not tipping these people they're gonna suffer right it's as simple as that so i don't know how you can tip a mailman as such like i know on deliveroo and a few other things you can do it that way but we've got to look after these people because their companies quite simply aren't really are they let's Mm -hmm. be honest especially the gig economy lot right uber haven't slowed down delivery haven't slowed down i saw Um, that text from domino's yep domino's john's yep Uh, i've spent more i I don't think i've gone quite as crazy as 400 pound a day on nike but i have certainly (laughs) increased my delivery from local establishments over the last week or so yeah, I mean, there's an article, there's a, there's a, sorry, an article, a paragraph in here where it talks about zero, zero hour contracts should be a thing of the past. Job security and being able to on minimum wage must be the new normal. These people are vital. And the one positive of the pandemic is that public are finally realizing this. Do I still want to buy a kettlebell and get Joe Rogan jacked during the lockdown? Damn fucking straight. But I'd also like the person delivering it to be safe, well paid. And if they get sick, protected. And I think, you know, that is, that is really fair. That is good commentary on a situation where, yeah, people people probably aren't considering the fact that there are still people out there working in frontline logistic jobs that are at high risk. Definitely. Yep. I mean, I, I was just saying to Dave before the podcast, you don't realise how important next day delivery is until you can't get it. <laughs> I mean, I'm like on ordering on Prime Amazon and they're coming three days later. I'm like, what is this? Not good enough, Prime. No, but then I'm like, no, it's, it's fine. fine. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I think we just live in such an impatient society now, especially the way things are. Everything's at our fingertips. Even when the Wi-Fi loads slowly, I'm like, oh, what? You're like, it's taking 10 seconds. Oh, <laughs> when everything. these restrictions get lifted, when the world goes back to normal, are we going to be more understanding or are we going to expect Prime to be next day? No, we won't be understanding. I think we'll go straight back to the way we were. (laughs) Yeah. It's easy to fall into old habits, especially when they're horrid like that. So, yeah, I I am fuming that it took me two days to get my bubble bath instead of one day. Like, that was one night I couldn't have a nice bath. Like, (laughs) what the fuck? Huh? Mateys. Yeah. Well, they're like the old pugwash characters or whatever. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, my mateys is still in the Oh, I've got to love a bit of matey. Uh, Right. Okay. Well, look, thank you both for joining me today. Uh, Jack, lovely to have you back on the show. Do come back reasonably soon. Hayley. 
Uh, I know yes. that you are enjoying those pancakes. Don't torture it too much. And, yes, uh, I am. We will talk to you again <laughs> next week. 